0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into a brand new episode of the Believe in Royals podcast. I'm Alex Fuse. There's Jeremy Danner. And I'm actually really jealous of Danner right now because he was actually at the debut of Lynch. So what did we think? You got to see him up close and personal last night.
1: I thought he looked good, man. He's big. Um, you know, you, you read the guy's 6'6", six, six, but when you see a guy that big on the mound, you could tell. Uh, and you can when you're watching on TV, too, I was going back looking at some of the highlights from his, uh, from his debut last night, and he just looks big on the mound. He's got that big left arm that swings out. Um, I'm excited, man. I'm very excited for the future with him.
0: Yeah. You know, I saw Daniel. Uh, he was with the alternate site last week, so it was just crazy, right? Like, he was just here in Round Rock, Texas, and then five days he's making his Major League debut. Um, so pretty remarkable for him. And um, a lot of people, there was a lot of hype um, about his start last night. And I mean, I think he did phenomenal for his first start. I think um, I think he did get hit around a little. He had a few hard hit uh, yep. hits, but um, hey, you can't ask for much more for your debut.
1: I mean, his first two, the first two uh, outs were by fly out to draw Dyson and both were hard hit. But if it's caught, it doesn't matter how hard it was hit or where it went and mm-hmm. outs and out. Uh, I was listening to Denny Matthews talk about, you know, what he wanted to see with, uh, he was talking with Carrington Harrison earlier in the day. And he said he just wants to see him get through the first inning with no runs. And like, get through that, get through the nerves. And then you're a major league baseball player now. And now you're settled into a game, something you've done a thousand times since you were a kid. Um, and in that first inning, it did look like after those first two flyouts, you wanted to do a little too much. Uh, And that led to the two back-to-back walks right there. And then he got the last out of the inning with no runs and no hits. But um, I just think major league debuts are the coolest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I tweeted this last night that, like, you're there on a dude's arguably one of the coolest days of his life, you know, apart from getting married or having kids. But most of these guys are young, and they're, they're years out from getting married and having kids. So, like, this is the coolest day ever. And as a fan in the stands, you get to share that with them. And that's really cool. And sure, I think they were just shy of 7,000 people there last night, but it, it sure seemed louder than that. And, and watching uh, the replay of him coming off the field when, when he got pulled, the ovation he got was not a 7,000 person ovation. It was big. It was really cool to be there for that.
0: You know, what was so cool is watching the game last night after when, I think it was in the fifth inning or something. I don't know if you watch any of it back, but they kept showing the suite where his family and friends were in and they were just going crazy. Got a big strikeout and, like that's what we missed last year. I know you texted me this, like you just felt bad for everyone that made their debut in 2020 because they didn't get that. And, you know, I think what we're not bringing into account here and not making any excuse to anyone that makes their debut or anything, they are professional baseball players and it's their job to perform at the end of the day. But when he was in round rock pitching, there was probably less than a hundred people in the stands. So it's like, Five days later, they're pitching in front of 7,000 people making a debut, which is their dream come true for most people. And he has a few hard hit balls like uh, come on. So (laughs) I think at the end of the day, uh, he did great. And there's just that excitement that Daniel Lynch is here and the Royals are 16 and 11 as we're recording this today. And they're beating everyone's expectations as of, as of uh, May 3rd or May 4th.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm super pleased as a fan and, and knowing that he's gotten that debut out of the way, now he's going to be in that major league clubhouse with major league players, with major league pitchers who've been there. And those guys are going to start talking to him and he's going to talk to them. He's going to pick up so much between now and his next start.
0: Um, you know, one thing that I'm really excited about is um, just this, the month of May for the Royals. Um, I tweeted this last night, Jeremy, I don't know if you saw it or not, but I said the month of May is going to determine the Royals season. Honestly, uh, because Daniel Lynch was the first person that got called up, right? That he was a top prospect, a lot of excitement around him by fans and uh, the front office members and teammates of his. So now it's like, okay, where are the Royals at the end of the month? Are they still where we were at the end of April? And if so, I think that's when you make the move to bring up a Bobby Witt Jr. So it's like if, if they keep on the track that they're on right now, Jeremy, I think um, there's just just the month of May is just going to determine everything else, how everything kind of falls into place for this team going forward.
1: Sure, I mean, we're, we've been in first place counting today for 21 straight days. Um, that's not a fluke to me. Sure, people want to talk about the run differential. They want to talk about strength of schedule. They want to talk about power rankings. The last time I checked, none of those determine who makes the postseason. It's the team with the best record wins the division. And do I think we're going to continue crushing it? I don't know. Baseball's tough. It's all about that long haul and consistency. Uh, but I think you're right. If we do continue to win and play the way we're playing, uh, it becomes time that the the management has to say it's time to win now and, and bring up those pieces. Um, and not, not to rush Bobby Wood Jr., but I mean, he's starting in triple A, uh, so I mean, that's that's a big deal. Um, but yeah, once it's time to get those guys up, it's time to go. Did you see that? Uh, they tweeted out a little bit ago that uh, we signed Alcides Escobar to a minor league contract,
0: crazy, isn't it?
1: I don't get it. I, I you know, a buddy text me, he's like, What are they doing? I'm like, I have no idea, but I know that uh, I know that Dayton Moore knows a lot more about baseball than I ever will, so I, I trust what they're doing. You know, does it, does it communicate that maybe there's more going on with Modison than we thought? I don't know, and that's where like baseball fans become you know, paranoid conspiracy theorists in a way where we try to, we try to play 4D chess with, uh, with major league managers. And we don't know the, the full story of what's going on. Mm-hmm.
0: I think the biggest surprise, we'll get into that. That's a good point from you about Escobar. But um, I think the biggest surprise, honestly, was uh, moving Jacob Junis to the bullpen. And mm-hmm. we saw his first appearance out of the bullpen this season. Uh, last night, and it didn't really go the way um, That Kansas City wanted it to so I mean he's been the second best starter in that rotation um, I, I Honestly, I don't know why they did that. Um, I, I think they should have I, I I can see both sides of it, right? What they needed really is now I think Josh Sommar is most likely going to be used as their closer for the most part even though they've been the whole month of April they say they want to use different guys in that closer role, but I think it's kind of seeing, testing out who's our closer we can trust in that situation. And Josh Salmont is that guy for right now. But Josh Salmont, when they put him in the closer, now you need a seven inning guy. So who's your seven inning guy? Well, they take Jacob Junis, who was the second best starter, and try to okay. Well, we got Lynch. We're going to try Keller and, and then kind of go down there. It's still a Santana and Duffy who's been phenomenal. So there's a lot of, I mean, you know, the, the GMs on Twitter say, well, why did, or the managers on Twitter at that point said, well, why didn't you take Keller out of the rotation and put him in letters? Right. So is that what they're going to do next? I, I think they'll probably give Keller one more uh, start and then go from there. So, I don't really know. I, I, that would be my one. Were you surprised by that move?
1: I was. And you know, to, to what you're saying about the, the armchair managers or whatever, um, Jacob Junis was surprised by that. I listened to an interview with him yesterday and they said, were you surprised to move to the bullpen? He said, of course. You know, he's like, he felt like he has the stuff to be a starter. He felt like his performance has been at a level where he should remain a starter, but he said, he's not going to second guess it. He's going to do what is asked of him to help the team win. And I think that's, Mm -hmm. That's a great player, but I also appreciate that he has the confidence in himself and he has the, uh, the attitude to say, yeah, I am a starting pitcher. I have the talent. I have the ability. However, I'm going to do what my team is asking me to do. So I think I think we're all surprised by by Jacob Junis moving to the bullpen for sure. But I understand wanting to get uh, a more experienced, steady player out there um, in the bullpen to sort of provide some stability. Obviously, that didn't happen last night, but, um, you know, baseball is weird and things happen differently every day. And, and I think, you know, to your point, you brought up Brad Keller um, is what's going on with him a fluke because he's had nothing but consistent success since coming to the majors in this year. Um, you know, he's not been the Brad Keller we're used to
0: seeing. Mm-hmm. Man, I, it's just so tough. Um, and you see it all the time. There's so many different conspiracy theories out there. And I keep the, this preface, Jeremy, we have not seen a 162 game season in over a year, right? I think I've forgotten, as a baseball fan, what it's really like to cover a 162-game season. Because it seems like five years ago, we had 162 games. Because I'm looking at the schedule, and it's like, man, there's still a hell of a lot of baseball to be played. So it's like, you can't get too excited. I mean, you can be excited, as a fan, obviously, about how well your team is performing. But there's still, we're only... It's day 33. Today's day 34 of the season. That's crazy. Um, And so it seems like, it feels like we've been doing this for like two years this season already. (laughs) A lot has happened. Uh, But there's still, I mean, we have the whole month of May, June, July, the All-Star break, and then the second half of the season. So there's still so much, so much can happen. But honestly, Jeremy, what the Royals need to do and this is what we're seeing with the Brewers right now, right? The Brewers got red hot without Lorenzo Cain. Sorry, Royal fans. And without Christian Yelich, And now they just added both of them back to the lineup, okay? So the Royals, they were 16-10 and 10 going into yesterday's game. Daniel Lynch just made his debut. Monsey hasn't come back from his injury yet. Solaire hasn't hit his swing yet, found his groove. So when you get him back in the lineup, Dozier looked phenomenal last night. He looks like he's getting back to the Hunter Dozier that fans remember. And we possibly, well, according to Ken Rosenthal, we will absolutely see a Bobby Witt Jr. debut in 2021. So it's not like we're a team where we have all the pieces and they're not performing the Royals don't have all their pieces and they're performing. So sure. I think there's still a lot of, um, I think that's why this team is legit, uh, more legit than they're getting the credit for.
1: And that's what's cool about, about baseball in a major league roster is that you can look at it like this puzzle. And what you said is we don't have all the pieces on the table yet. You know, and we're able to pull pieces from our farm system and from the minor leagues. So um, it, it's tough. To, it, it's too early to say, yeah, we're going to win the Central. Uh, it's too early to say, no, we're not going to win the Central either uh, because other teams in our division aren't doing what we expected them to do either. And then, um, you know, the White Sox have, have had injuries and there's just so many things going on. I was thinking about the same thing you said, you know, just a minute ago. The first month of baseball is gone and that made me sad. I'm Like, oh man, a whole month is already over. But then I realized we have five more months of regular season baseball yet and plus a month of postseason play. So there's so much baseball left to play.
0: Exactly. And I think, um, I mean, do you think this is a question, and, and people keep bringing it up? I mean, the offense for the Royals has been pretty good. I, I mean, there's been some teams where the offense can't get going in the month of April. The Royals haven't really had that problem. Um, but do you think that this new baseball, that Major League Baseball, announced that they were changing the baseball is being sure. a, in effect because the offensive numbers across the league are the worst in years
1: you know it's that's certainly going to impact the game for sure otherwise they wouldn't do it um you know the, the baseball is arguably the most important thing in the game uh, affecting everything um so yeah that's going to change it but that's not going to change the fact that we left the bases loaded twice last night um that, that, that's tough when you leave guys on base like that twice um so sure that matters in I think people want to see more competitive baseball. They want to they want to see that, but at the same time, don't we want exciting baseball? Don't we want more home runs? Don't we want more uh, you know big shots and big drives to the gap? So it's tricky to figure out how to, how to balance all that out. I, I love the new uh, MLB, the show commercial with uh, Tatis. Have you seen that one?
0: I have not.
1: It's great. He's um, he's talking about like uh, he's been criticized for the way he plays the game and People said, I've broken the uh, the unwritten rules. And then he says, I'm sorry if I've made the game too exciting. And I, and I love that. I love the attitude from him and he can back it up on the field. And I think that's fun. Um, so yeah, baseball's at this weird identity crisis. Do we want to be, um, you know, world wrestling federation? Do we want, you know, heels and, and heroes and that kind of stuff? Or do we want to be, um, you know, a, a game that's been around since the 1800s? It, it's tricky to figure that out.
0: Now, it's funny you bring up professional wrestling because before baseball, before I became a baseball fan, I became a wrestling fan first. Oh, so, nice. Hardcore wrestling fan, still am. Uh, I, I don't really watch it as closely as I did. Um, I still watch like, mostly the pay-per-views or the big ones anyways. So I love the heel baby phase, good guy, bad guy, superhero, building it up. Honestly, though, I have to give baseball credit where credit is due. You have to see both sides of it, Jeremy. The first side, baseball, obviously the history. They haven't really done a tremendous job marketing their players. This year, though, I have to say, it has improved immensely, in my opinion. The problem, though, is this. Baseball has never seen this much talent enter the league at one time. Sure. So how do you market all these great players at the same time? It's a challenge and I can understand where the challenge is coming from. It's one thing if you have one guy that you can focus on, right? But when you got guys like the LA angels, when you have guys like Trout, Otani, Pujols, all in that lineup and Rendon they have a World Series caliber offense, and then across town you got the Dodgers, who um, even though everyone's getting hurt, they still have the depth to win the World Series. Still, um, and then you got the Padres over there in California as well, and then um, it, it's just that whole the California baseball teams are crazy right now. Uh, between the Giants and A's are red hot, and um, it's just craziness that's happening out there in California, but. I think the Royals are really in a good spot here where they're getting the attention finally from the mainstream um, for the most part. They're always talking about them on MLB Network now. And people are actually figuring out, okay, who's Salvador Perez? And when we had Bob Fesco on here a few weeks ago, he started the hashtag Salvi Hall of Fame uh, campaign, and he's living up to that campaign every single game.
1: He's a stud, man. Yeah, he's a stud on the field and then the leadership that he provides with the work ethic in the clubhouse and the way he conducts himself. Uh, but yeah, be, beyond his baseball talents, he's a star. He's incredibly marketable, incredibly confident. Um, I, I got to meet him on the field once during batting practice and I, I struggled to play it cool and I'm a grown man, you know, but I'm like, that's Salvador Perez right there, you know, yeah. that's a big deal. He's super cool. Uh, it, is, it is challenging. I think there's so many games There are so many players, there are games every day. Whereas um, the NFL, you know, there are games, what, four days a week now? But there's, each team has one game that week. Mm -hmm. And it's so much more focused on the action and so much more focused there. And I think, um, you know, if you look at the celebrations that happen during football games, you know, dudes celebrate a routine tackle. And some people might want to criticize that, you know, the whole act like you've been there before thing. But really, how many people have been there before, you know, making a tackle in an NFL game? or making a great catch in a major league baseball game or hitting a home run. Um, you know, I, I can't remember the sports writer, but talking about just running into a home run in major league baseball, like it is nearly impossible to hit the ball. So if you want to celebrate uh, crushing a home run, do it. I think you should.
0: Mm-hmm. What about Amir Garrett? Did you see that over the weekend?
1: I didn't catch that. No. What, what happened there?
0: So what happened was, so he struck out Anthony Rizzo. Now Amir Garrett, who has an ERA of South of, uh, Well, north of seven has struggled and it looked like he was trying to pump himself up. But he said some derogatory stuff to Anthony Rizzo and that got Javi Baez fired up and Javi Baez jumped out and the bench is clear. Uh, No punches were thrown or anything, but it was more so. I mean, Amir Garrett is Amir Garrett and Javi Baez is Javi Baez. Sure. Um, But there's that identity crisis, right, that you just mentioned. So Amir Garrett was directing it towards someone. I think the game and the players say, okay, you can cheer for yourself or you can cheer for the team, your team, but you can't direct it at the other team because then that's when it kind of crosses the line of this a new uh, identity of letting the players play and sure. let the kids play. So I think if if you're a Tati's junior and you hit a grand slam, two grand slams in a day or whatever he does nowadays, and you <laughs> celebrate, that's fine. But if you are Amir Garrett and you throw some slang out at Anthony Rizzo after striking him out, that's different. So um, if you're pumping yourself up and striking out Anthony Rizzo, walking back to the dugout, that's okay. So there is just that it's a fine line in this game right now, but you made a great point. It's an identity crisis. And I think um, it kind of really took place in the game in a 60 game season without fans, right? Because, the players kind of had to pump themselves up yep. to get to that level but now with the added fans even though it's not full capacity um there's still that need to just get that extra jump up
1: there's a surprising number of fragile egos in in a sport where these are the best people in the world at, at what they're doing um you know they have every confidence in their ability but then what's funny to me is is most often when someone's jawing at someone or someone, you know, feels that someone's been disrespected by a celebration or a hard slide. Most often it's not the player involved that that causes the stir. It's someone on the bench or someone else on the Mm -hmm. field that causes that stir and rushes out. Um, And then that's, what's funny to me. And I understand like looking out for your boys or, you know, having your guys backs, but I think sometimes there are things that happen on the field that aren't that big of a deal to the players involved, but the guys on the bench or the guys in the, you know, in the bullpen, I love it when bullpen pitchers run out. They just, they have to, I get why they do it. You got to run out there and support your guys. But It's like, just, just stay. You're so far away, dude. Just stay out there. Um, but yeah, but it's guys involved often don't take it as personally or as critically as their other teammates do.
0: And especially in the Cubs and Reds case in that game, both two teams are below 500. So, um, talk about, you know, they're kind of uh, at, at tinkering at that line. Sure. Um, so it's like now you're really frustrated. You don't get off to the start you wanted, and now you, your dude just got struck out by a dominant pitcher who just hasn't found himself yet this season. So there's, there's all of these different things. And, um, man, again, it's a long season. Um, and, and guys are throwing harder than ever before. Um, you know what's so crazy? I don't know if the Mets play the Royals um, this during the regular season. I don't think they do. I think so. Um, but Jacob DeGrom, I know this is a Royals podcast, but just to kind of throw uh, just a little set of how great Jacob DeGrom is right now, he's thrown 42 pitches at or above 100 miles an hour. Every other starter, I think the next guy on the list is Shohei Otani with eight. Oh, wow. You know, and then there's like Five more starters that have even thrown a pitch at a hundred miles an hour. A starter pitcher. So dudes are throwing harder than ever before. But Jacob Degrom is going out there pitching like no nobody can. Um, so I think it's a mixture, right, of the base the new baseball players figuring out what that is, but also at the same time where we're seeing um these starters come out of the game in like the fourth or fifth inning right Uh, and i had a conversation with susan wallman about this she was worried about the yankee relievers but i'm worried about every reliever she goes i don't know if these relievers are going to be able to comb their hair by father's day (laughs) (laughs) because they're coming out of the bullpen left and right every single day
1: there's a lot of bullpen usage i mean um how many pictures we use last night five or six i think yeah and even when players are doing well this early in the season, um, not a lot of guys are going deep. You know, they might, they might be having a great game. They just reached a quality start level, and then they pull them from the game and, and go to the bullpen. It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, we've talked about the way Mike Matheny's been using the bullpen. It's been more situationally as opposed to setup roles, but with Junis going to the bullpen and then um, Stalmont, you know, emerging as the guy who has closer stuff, will we continue to use our bullpen that way or will we see, you know, starters go later in the game um, and then see, you know, which, who we're going to pull out of the bullpen last night. We pulled, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on the, on the guy's name, um, a reliever with, uh, with long hair, Scott's his first name. And Barwell. it just, yeah, it just, it went, it went out of my yeah. mind. Um, but Scott Barlow, like a kind of a long reliever setup guy. Um, he's been in, I think, 15 games now out of, out of 26. So what sort of usage are we going to see out of a guy like that?
0: Yeah. You know, and and Junis threw, I think, close to almost 50 pitches last night. So, 50 pitches, again, you're looking for that long reliever. And did it work out? Not really. So, it's like, what's the benefit of a long reliever if it doesn't work, in my opinion, right? Like, would you rather go for a guy in Lynch? And, I mean, I guess you had to take him out there. Um, Sure. But at the same time, where it's like you bring... I think it was Barlow and next, I believe, and then tied the game. So it's like, I don't know, you know, it's just so difficult to manage, um, these baseball games and it's always, you know, hindsight, you know, is 2020. Um, and I I think Tony La Russa, right. He's a guy that hasn't managed at the big league level in 10 years. And he's under high criticism, um, by many people, even reporters now, about how he's managing the bullpen. Um, so I think it's, we can sit here all day and say, well, why did you do this? Or why didn't you do that? But it's kind of league-wide right now, honestly, about how teams are using the bullpen. But I think it's just so difficult because these pitchers haven't thrown, you know, in a 162-game season in, since 2019. Right. So it's like, how are they going to perform in a long season? I think that's a conversation that, we need to start having,
1: it's not going to be the same. No, no, I think it's, it's going to be different for position players too, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of these guys work hard in the offseason, but they also want to take time off. And especially um, with all the COVID restrictions they faced last year during the season, um, you know, this year, there's still restrictions. Of course, it's not as uh, as strict or tight as it was, but I mean, we we've said this before this season is completely different. It matters in a, in a more in a way but it's also um, it's just so different than what they've done in the past, even though they've all played 162 game seasons before, but they've never done that coming off a 60 game season coming off that, that shortened of a season before.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Any other, uh, I mean, we're recording this, this will go out today. um, Today's Tuesday, May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Um, Minor league baseball season starts today. Um, So uh, Bobby Wood Jr. started at double A in, in Arkansas and then um, I, I think he will skip and, and then just go right into the major leagues eventually this season from what I've heard anyway so um definitely some excitement minor league season finally back Uh they haven't played it's been over 600 days since the Jeez. last minor league season was played that's, that's
1: crazy. crazy that's why I wore my uh, my Omaha storm chaser shirt today. there you go
0: have you been to that ballpark <laughs>
1: I have. It's really cool, man. Yeah, I, I went there a few times for beer festivals, actually, before I ever went for a game. So there used to be the Great Nebraska Beer Fest there, and they would set breweries up around the concourse. It was really cool. Uh, but then I went up and uh, I took my son and we caught a couple games. And then uh, before the 2019 season, I went up and watched the Royals play uh, an exhibition game against the Storm yeah. Chasers, and that was super cool.
0: Hey, um, How far away is that from Kauffman?
1: Uh, it's about Two hours, forty-five minutes, three hours. Oh, okay. Yeah, not too bad at all.
0: Okay, I gotta get up there. I haven't been there yet. So.
1: It's fun. Omaha's a great city, man. It's kind of like uh, Kansas City, light in a way. It feels all like Kansas City. The people are all super nice, uh, but just not as not as big as Kansas City.
0: Mm-hmm. Perfect AAA uh, city, then.
1: For sure. The last thing that I want to touch on, and I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about this, is they uh, they announced the MLB uh, pitcher of the month uh, in, in both leagues and garrett cole was named the al pitcher uh, of the month for uh april absolutely ripping off danny duffy um they have the same record for him one. which i don't think record matters as much anymore and i think a lot of people feel that way um danny's war is, is slightly lower than uh than garrett cole's but his era is 0. 0.6 0. 0.6 and he's not the best pitcher in the al i don't understand that
0: well you make a great point there um I didn't even realize that they named Garrett Cole. Um, You could also make the argument um, about um, Rondon with um, the White Sox, where I don't think Mm -hmm. he qualified with enough innings pitched um, for the month of April, and he had a no-hitter. Yeah. So um, I I think, man, like, I mean – garicola has been nasty but when you're competing up like i just don't understand like how do you do it like how does it give? is it votes or like is it by stats i don't know um but danny duffy i mean he's just incredible to watch have you been There's to a, a game where he's pitched yet
1: um, I don't think I've been to a game where he's pitched. No, I think I've just I don't watched think him he's on pitched TV that
0: much at, at the K this season. Mm-hmm. It's been mostly road games.
1: Yeah. I feel like I've seen, I've seen Brad Keller a couple times. I saw, um, Lynch last night, of course, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's dialed in in a way that we haven't seen in a few years and he seems to be in a great spot mentally, which I think in the past has been something that's that's hurt him a little bit is, um, he's a thinker. Um, he's a, a good regular dude at the giant heart who puts himself out there. Um, but there are times where you can see. Obviously, he's in the major leagues. It's not a physical issue. Um, you know, obviously, guys have mechanical issues from time to time. But but baseball is such a head game sometimes that I think you can really psych yourself out. And I think Danny's been sort of a, a victim of that in seasons past. So I'm excited to see him mm-hmm. performing at the level. Uh, Carrington Harrison here in Kansas City on, on Sports Radio 610 keeps talking about it and he keeps bringing up the quote that uh, contract year is undefeated. You know, and he's in a contract year, so. I, I, you know, I hope he gets paid, but I hope he continues to play well for the team, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just one last note that I have. Uh, we saw him get a big hit last night. Didn't really come up, uh, followed by anything, but Ryan O'Hearn, um, I yeah. think, really has some great potential in that lineup.
1: I do, too. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of him. Uh, I, I've met him personally. We, we hosted an event when I worked at Boulevard that he and Greg Keller and Witt Merrifield came to, and he's just a good regular dude. Um, we went and saw a game where he was he was taking batting practice and he came out of the cage and turned and saw us and immediately Danners, what's up? And walked right over and I think I think that's cool. I think that you know tells you how how good of a guy he is. Um, you know, want to come over and talk to folks standing there. But yeah, I mean he, when he came up uh, was a couple of years ago, dude was mashing homers um, very consistently. I think he was on pace to had he played like 162 game season at that pace. I think. Think he was on pace to hit like 65 home runs or something crazy, Same. and then, um, you know, just sort of lost it and played it a little bit, but he seems to be back. He also has some of the best walk up music. He's walking up to uh, he'll walk up to uh, Beastie Boys Intergalactic sometimes. No
0: way, is he really? Yeah,
1: yeah, and he's got another song that he's walking up to. I can't remember what it was last night, but he has a couple that he switches back and forth, and I think that's cool when, when guys have cool walk up music.
0: Well, also, when he's bringing up walk-up music, uh, Andrew Benetendi, if you're listening to this podcast, we still would love to have you on, talk about some some country music. Um, And then Ryan O'Hearn, if you want to come on this podcast and talk about your walk-up songs, you are more than welcome to.
1: I will will tweet at both of them this afternoon.
0: (laughs) Well, it's always great catching up with uh, you, Danner. Uh, We'll try to do this again, maybe uh, later this week or early next week. Um, And then If y'all listening haven't listened to episode one of this podcast, we had George Brett on um, earlier this season, right at the start of the season. And then last week we had Ned Yost on um, and a few weeks ago, Bob Fesco. So um, I know uh, it was just us today, but uh, that's, uh, to some people that's a treat. Depends who you ask. Yeah.
1: I think we're good enough.
0: We're good enough. Yeah. Um, But awesome, Danner. It's always great catching up with you. And, uh, be sure to be a subscriber of the Believe in Royals podcast and tweet us, DM us if you have any questions for the next episode. But if you don't have anything else, Danner, that will conclude today's episode of the Believe in Royals podcast.